presenting this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. We're talking to experts in the field about sports and exercise-related injuries and the latest advances in diagnosis, treatment, and prevention to help your patients stay active. What are the latest heat wave precautions? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Robert J. Femia, Chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York, New York. Dr. Femia, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you, Susan. What led to your interest in emergency medicine? Well, that goes way back, but when I was about 17 or 18, I took a summer job in an emergency department and got the bug and have been hooked ever since. What type of job was that? I was an orderly. Made crutches, wheeled people around, cleaned instruments, made beds, those types of things. Did you think before then that you wanted to be a doctor? Before then, I thought I wanted to be a sportscaster. Oh, interesting. (laughs) That started my whole interest. Describe the early signs of dehydration. Well, when we start thinking about summer heat, one of the first things that uh, people will tend to suffer from are cramps. So typically, when people are out exerting themselves in very warm weather, they start with muscle cramps. You might get a cramp in your calf. You start to have some muscle cramps. Those are some of the very basic early signs. How much water should adults drink in hot weather? One of the big take-home points is that when it's real hot and you're exerting yourself or your kids are out playing baseball or summer sports, that the reason people get into trouble is that they start to lose electrolytes and fluid. And when we think of heat illness, it's a spectrum from a minor illness to heat stroke, which is the worst possible condition that you can have, but luckily that's very rare. So early on when people start to sweat, the issue is really how do you replace what they're losing? And what they're losing is sodium and potassium, in other words, electrolytes. So really what you want to do is replace electrolytes with electrolytes. And water does not contain electrolytes. So really what you should be trying to replace are with sports drinks, the Gatorades, the Powerades, preferentially over water. How much? I think it all depends on your age on your conditioning, if you have medical problems, if you're on certain medicines. But as a general rule of thumb, a young, healthy 10, 11, 12-year-old child, no medical problems, ate a normal breakfast, wasn't feeling sick, wanted to go out 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they should bring a 12 to 16-ounce bottle of a sports drink, a couple of them. And based on the amount of exertion, how hot it is, how humid it is, drink pretty liberally. Are you advising your patients to drink even if they're not thirsty in the hotter weather? When you're going to be sweating, what you want to do is try not to get to the point where you start to have symptoms. And those symptoms can be excessive thirst, uh, heat cramps, and then as you get more and more depleted and more and more behind, and you have more and more of a need to refill your tank, you start to suffer other symptoms. And those can be lightheadedness, dizziness, until you can actually pass out. So what we tend to tell people is you should drink before, if you know you're going to be exerting yourself, bring plenty to drink during the activity, and drink when you're done. What do you advise regarding alcohol, sodas, and caffeinated drinks? Alcohol does not mix with the summer heat, especially if you're on a lake and if you're boating. We see lots of summer-related injuries from the mixture of 
water sports and alcohol. That being said, any type of fluid, uh, not including alcohol, is good when you're going to be excessively sweating. So if all you have is water, that's great. If all that you have is soda, that's great. The ideal solution are those that just replace fluid and electrolytes, which would be your sports drinks. What are the signs and symptoms of heat exhaustion? Well, think of heat problems as a spectrum, and they go from heat cramps to heat exhaustion to heat stroke. So heat cramps are very early on. Strenuous activity, people start to feel cramps. If you're at that point, what you want to do is stop what you're doing, uh, replace fluids because you're getting cramps because your body is getting dehydrated and actually is falling behind with electrolytes. So if your child or you yourself start to complain that you're cramping up, you should stop, get in the shade, and drink some electrolyte-containing solutions. The next phase, the heat exhaustion, that's where you start to get a little bit further behind, a little bit further depleted of electrolytes. Typically, those symptoms go beyond just cramps. You start to feel a little lightheaded. Maybe you feel nauseous. Maybe you throw up. Uh, Maybe you feel like you're going to pass out. That's another warning sign that you're getting more and more dehydrated. At that point, same thing. You still can replace with drinking electrolyte solutions, but you should stop your activity right then and there. You should get in the shade. If you're feeling a little dizzy, you should lie down and elevate your legs. That elevation of your legs tends to increase blood flow back to your heart, uh, back to your brain, back to your kidneys. It takes away some of those symptoms of the lightheadedness and the dizziness, but at the same time, you want to rapidly replace fluids, start to drink those Gatorades and Powerades. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Robert J. Femia, Chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York, New York, discussing heat wave precautions. Dr. Femia, what are the signs and symptoms of heat stroke? Heat stroke is a true medical emergency. And luckily, it is very rare. With heat stroke, you've progressed beyond the point where you're just having cramps and you're beyond the point where you're starting to feel lightheaded. With heat stroke, it's very rare. Typically, a body temperature is over 105 degrees, and there are what we call mental status changes. In other words, you have an altered level of consciousness. You are not yourself. You may be confused. You may be delirious. You may have seizures but it's a combination of excessive body temperature greater than 105 degrees and you're not yourself. You may be comatose. That truly is a medical emergency that requires a call to 911 and transfer to an emergency department. And how is it treated? Well, in the ER, there are multiple ways to treat all of these. For example, heat cramps, Typically, you can just drink, but you'll watch a sporting event on TV, and sometimes that can be treated with an IV, which does the same thing as drinking large amounts of electrolytes. Same thing with heat exhaustion. But when we get to heat stroke, uh, we're talking a whole different level of requirements. In the emergency department, we want to lower body temperature at that point. What happens with heat stroke the very high temperatures that the body has been exposed to in combination with severe dehydration starts to lead to organs that can start to fail, whether that's your brain, whether that's your kidney. All the cells in the body can be affected. So we want to rapidly lower temperature. 
One of the simple ways to do that, and even if you're out on a field, is to actually put lukewarm or cool water on the patient, and you can actually take fans and blow the fan over the body. The water or the liquid, the the bathing, uh, allows heat transfer, and then the air movement rapidly dissipates heat. There are other things that at times we do in the emergency department that includes more invasive procedures. Sometimes we pack people in ice. Sometimes we have to cool intravenous fluids. And sometimes we have to do certain procedures that allow us to uh, bathe the chest and other parts of the body with very cool solutions. But typically, just getting the patient undressed rapidly getting their whole body cooled with some liquids, almost like a spray misting type bottle, and then fans across the body will lead to a large amount of heat being lost. Do certain medications impair the body's ability to dissipate heat? They do, and that's a very good question. I think one of the things that we tell people, there are really two types of heat illnesses, whether it's heat cramps or heat exhaustion. There are those people that go out and exert themselves in the heat, you know, the athlete that is playing a soccer game out in the heat. But then you also have people that have non-exertional heat problems. These tend to be elderly, those that are physically or mentally disabled, the very, very young infants, people who may be trapped and exposed to heat and can't escape it. So whenever there's a heat wave in a city, you should check on your elderly neighbors, especially if they don't have air conditioning. You should never leave your children in a locked automobile while you go into a supermarket in a parking lot. What are your recommendations regarding clothing? Usually the things that your mom told you, loose-fitting clothing, light colors. You also want to protect your skin. So hats, especially hats with uh, big brims, especially for young children who have very large heads in proportion to the rest of their body. The other thing with the medications is that certain medications, they don't allow the body to dissipate heat as rapidly as it normally would. Certain blood pressure medications, certain anti-seizure medications. And so if you are on multiple medications, whether it's for heart disease, blood pressure control, that's something to be aware of is that some of these medications make it harder for your body to lose heat. And if you have any questions or concerns, you should speak with your family physician about that. What do you tell patients regarding sunscreen? Use a lot of it, liberally apply it, reapply it. If you're swimming, to make sure that you reapply more frequently. One of the harder things is to convince young people that they really need to protect themselves from the sun. Uh, I have a 16-year-old son and constantly telling him to put a cap on and protect his ears with some sunscreen when he goes swimming in his face. Um, It's a daily conversation. One of the other things while we're talking about heat that I think is important is that when we talk about the summer and being out in the summer, I really encourage parents especially to get their young children swimming lessons. With the hot, humid summer days, a lot of children flock to the town pools or to ponds or to lakes. And if you could do anything to prevent a tragedy, it's to get your child some swimming lessons at an early age. One of the worst things that we see in the emergency department are young children who drown. And if there's one take-home point is um, please get your kids lessons and have them learn how to swim. Doctor, what's your take-home message? The take-home message is to be smart and replace what you're losing. Even if you're young and healthy, when it's 95 degrees and it's humid and it's hot and you're playing soccer or softball, you are losing a ton of electrolytes. 
and you need to remember that you have to constantly refill your tank. And the best solutions are the electrolyte-containing solutions, the sports drinks. Some of them can be a little bit high in sugar, and so if you're a diabetic, you should check with your physician. But if you're parents and you're sending your kids out there and they look fine when they leave the house, make sure you load them up with a couple bottles to drink. And more importantly, if you start to feel poorly, that's your body's warning sign that you're having a problem. So if you're getting cramps, if you're getting dizzy, if you're getting nauseous, if you're getting lightheaded, it's time to stop, take a break, get in the shade, drink, and then go from there. Dr. Femia, thank you so much for joining us to discuss heat wave precautions. Thank you, Susan. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Free CME on ReachMD is now easier. Link to ReachMD's free custom application for your iPhone at ReachMD.com.